Transformations. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hello, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us today is Kostin Mahaila. How are you doing, Kostin? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, good, good. thank you. It's great to see you. This is the this has been a long time coming, so I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Costin is a client president for Mediacom Global, having previously been MD for Mediacom EMEA and Mediacom CEO for Central and Eastern Europe. So, Costin, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into the business? Ha, um, it's a <laughs> it's a good question. It wasn't it wasn't my childhood dream, that's for sure. Um, uh, the <laughs> the business we're in is not uh, is not the kind of uh, of job um, children dream of becoming when they when they grow up. If you look at my daughter, who's four year and a half, um, she's she's um, uh, she's considering becoming a doctor or a babysitter, depending on the day. Um, we um, uh, and you know I always struggle to explain to to people who are not in the business what we do. Sure. Um, and my, the the classic example of that was with my grandmother. Uh, this is a while ago already. Um, and eventually I told her that I am a person who helps other person put ads on TV. To which she asked me, uh, why do they need someone to help them with that? <laughs> Because <laughs> it doesn't seem to be um, the kind of thing you'd require help with. In any case, I started in Romania in 1995. I was in the last year of university. Um, I was doing a summer job at uh, at a global energy conference, out of all uh, uh, all things. Um, and I was I was uh, the summer job was a combination of translator bodyguard and tour guide for an American businessman who was attending the, the conference. I was going through the newspapers looking for a job and I saw an ad for an account executive in an advertising agency. Um, so I, I applied, I went to the interview, so did my girlfriend. Um, she got the job, I didn't, uh, at which point I decided that, uh, you know, uh, I need to do something about it and get myself a job in advertising. Um, I went to two other interviews, one for a media agency, uh, the other one for a creative agency. So the media agency was an affiliate that was to become um, Initiative, IPG, uh, Ben Bucharest, and the creative agency was the affiliate that eventually became McKenna Rickson. And you'll be pleased to know that McKenna Rickson job wasn't an account management job, but a junior copywriter job. Um, <laughs> I got um, I got uh, offered by both, yeah. um, but Initiative were paying $175 a month uh, uh, in terms of salary, which was not only $25 more than uh, uh, than the McCann job, uh, but also about $40 more than what my girlfriend at the time was making. So it was a no-brainer that I would go into uh, into media. And I, I still remember the first day at work because I went into the office and I was presented with two piles of invoices about a meter high each. And then I was asked to match them. Half of them were vendor invoices and the other half were client invoices. Yeah. Uh, so I spent the next two days doing that. Um, I think I did a decent job because look at me, 25 years later, I'm still I'm still in a media agency. Did you regret the not sitting around writing copy lines at that point? Um, 
No, no, no. I uh, I didn't think about it too much, yeah. to be honest. Um, and knowing what I know about myself now, 25 years later, yeah. I probably saved the word some very the world <laughs> some very bad copywriting. So you've moved from a cross market area leadership role to a very specific now client leadership role. What what was behind that change? Um. Look, I mean, if you work in a role like uh, like mine across either C or or later in my career in EMEA, it's a really uh, it's a really exciting job in the sense that it's very varied. The the the, the range of topics you have to deal with every day is uh, is incredible, from office moves to recruitment to audits to personnel problems to you you name it, you see it. But it's um, uh, it doesn't give you a lot of depth on 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 a specific topic or or a specific client. Uh, so and and also in, at some point in your career you need to do something else. And if you add up what I've done across CE and then across EMEA, you um, you come to eight years. Uh, and eight years is a is, is a very long time. Um, so when Nick got his uh, global CEO job um, uh, and Josh came into the EMEA job, we had a couple of conversations about uh, what uh, what to do next. And at the end of those conversations, uh, we, we decided that going into a role which is 100% clients is the right thing for me to do. Uh, time will tell, uh, but so far so good. So how do you manage your time? Tell us a bit about about how you do the job to keep up both with the clients and the markets as well as driving the account forward. Yeah, that, that's a, uh, saying that I manage that, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big assumption, So, um, That's chuckle yeah. is the word. <laughs> yeah, there, there's several things here. First of all, it's a team sport, okay? So if you look at, uh, at the bigger accounts in our group, uh, the biggest of which is Bayer, it's 65 markets uh, and uh, and three different divisions, uh, four if you include corporate work. Uh, and without us operating as a team, um, it would be unmanageable. But we divide and conquer. We 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 each mark various individuals. It doesn't mean we always go one to one, but I would cover two or three clients and. Ben Collins will cover two or three clients and Tom Barker will cover two or three clients. And there is overlaps between those clients as well. Um, but that that's so that's number one. It's team sports. Uh, number two, uh, technology in its various forms uh, absolutely helps uh, from Zoom calls to uh, to very simple stuff like WhatsApp. It's incredible. Once you have a bit of a relationship of trust with the client, the amount of stuff you can get done via WhatsApp is uh, is impressive. Um, so, so your 2020 must have just been so different to any other global year you've you've had, or even a mere year, just in terms of everybody coming together. Sorry, I'm interrupting a bit, but the balance between um, everybody being available to talk to you versus the going somewhere and actually physically being with people. I know that you've expressed, because you've blogged about it, that you're desperate to get back on the plane and get out, get back to the office. But how how, how would you actually judge those, you know, that will keep some of the, would you keep some of the Teams and WhatsApp that we've been doing so much more of? 
going forward? Look, absolutely. And if you look at um, if you look at what has changed, it's not that we 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 would always get on a plane, right? We yeah. we did we did do it very often, and we need to go back to doing it because there is. There, 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 there's certain things that cannot that happen in face-to-face -face meetings that cannot be replaced. Okay, that it's part of human nature. That the, the, the yeah. human, the chemistry between two human beings is always going to be different, and in my view, better in yeah. in a face-to-face -face setting. Um, um, my view sometimes is better. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that said, 2020 meant that we could speak more to people, actually see people. Seeing yeah. people is very different. I think the fundamental thing that's changed between 2019 and 2020, we did many conference calls in, in 2019, but we almost never used video. Yeah, that's um, a big change. And, and once we moved into 2020, we, we used video. And video is the next level down, if you want, from uh, from face to face, because you once you see people, the communication is, uh, is just uh, different. Lots of time better, uh, but definitely, uh, definitely different. So I think going forward, we'll probably do uh, uh, a mix of the two. Uh, some of it imposed by by the corporation we work for, because you've seen the news from WPP that they think will travel 30% less um, uh, going forward. Mm -hmm. And some of it simply because we discovered new ways of working that um, that are working and are uh, are good. Uh, for 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 what we do in a in a global role, mm. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think I think <laughs> certainly there's going to be a hybrid, um, and, and we don't yet know what it's going to be. And as you say, some of it's about who we work for, some of it's about the clients that we work for and what they choose to do, of course. Um, yeah, and I think you also asked about how we uh, uh, how how we drive accounts yeah. forward. I think. The key there is to uh, to use all this time when you when you're on Teams or calls or 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 even on WhatsApp, uh, or most of the time, should I say, to um, uh, to, to to listen. And uh, I think in particularly in 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 account management, but in general in an agency job, uh, the ability to listen uh, carefully. Uh, is um, is incredibly useful because if you if you manage to listen well and you understand what they what clients want, which is you know, it's, it's a, it sounds very uh, you know uh, uh, is not necessarily a piece of wisdom, right? You're understanding what clients want. Well, I'll give you some examples. You know, if you if you if you speak to a client about you know launching an app and you're super enthusiastic about what great of an idea you've come up with, uh, surely you're gonna nail the innovation point in the agency evaluation and so on and so forth. And then you try to put yourself in their shoes, mm -hmm. even even in the shoes of a more junior client, let's say a brand manager, um, they will be automatically thinking how difficult is my life going to be if if we do this and not necessarily from a personal point of view but you know need to run it by legal need to yeah. make sure that it works with the it systems of the company is never tried before etc 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 so trying to listen to understand all of that is is very important and i think this is the the, the foundation of us 
driving any client's business forward, understanding how they operate, what their challenges are, and then then building on that. Don't that makes any sense, but that's uh, how I look at it. That's really interesting. Now, one thing that we've spoken about off air was about diversity and other areas of diversity that you'd like to explore. So what are the areas that you don't think are highlighted enough? Look, I mean, diversity is, is, is super, uh, super important in, in all these manifestations. And uh, what I'm going about, uh, what I'm going to say is not about this type of diversity being more important or less important than, than any other type of diversity is just a, uh, a very selfish, in a way, uh, point of view about one aspect of diversity that I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm quite passionate about. And before, before telling you uh, exactly what it is, let me ask you a question. Do you know how many nationalities we employ in Mediacom Global in London? In London? Have a guess, yeah. 65. No, it's 43, but still. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, was that the wrong way? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a huge, uh, it's a huge number. And, and those 43 nationalities speak 42 languages, I'll have you know. And this is just one unit, the 400 odd people that work, uh, work in global in, uh, uh, in London. And it's this kind of diversity that I think um, is extraordinarily important for, for what we do as a, as a global organization. Um, and I feel that sometimes we don't talk enough about it. And the benefits of it are, are, are again, in my view, very, uh, very important. It, it goes from some very tactical thing. I don't know if you ever click on emails that go across the whole of the London population, UK team and global that go, I'm looking for a Turkish speaker to help me with a piece of search copy um, to, um, uh, to, to big things uh, like working together, we are building more tolerance, we understand more culture. I think the world is properly a better place the more we interact with people who are coming from, uh, from very different cultures and, uh, and, and different backgrounds. I think it's also very important with our clients. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the clients we work with, uh, and I'm not making this up, by the way, I'm just reading it to make sure I get it right. You know, the, Their CEO is Dutch, the CMO is Brazilian, the media director is French-Swiss, the content lead is Turkish, and the rest of the media and digital team come from France, from Hungary, from Russia, from India, and from Italy. And for for a client like that, is important to see an agency team that it's equally diverse and uh, uh, and, and equally global in its uh, in, in its composition. And I, you know, we, we can always retain a couple of cricket lovers if we if we have to just to to make <laughs> make sure we're diverse enough. But that's uh, that's why I think diversity is uh, uh, you know from a nationality point of view, if you like, is uh, is a big thing for us. It's it's super it's super important actually and and of course the language issue that you make because it's all if you are a you know born in, uh, native English speaker then it's all too easy to assume that of course everybody's going to follow everything that you say because you know it's it's your language and I am 
rubbish at 42 of those 43 languages. Well, I'm, I could probably manage French, some French. I can wheel some French out. So, but um, so there's a there's a there's a yeah, there's just a greater. I guess there must be a greater mental load if you are thinking in one language, but having to communicate in a meeting in another. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, for a, a lot of us have been working uh, in English throughout most of our uh, our careers, younger or uh, or, or or older. Um, but yeah, you're right. To this day, it, it, there's nothing that comes uh, uh, that, that, that nothing that comes at the same level as your native language, uh, as this center no. probably demonstrates. <laughs> but, and um, don't don't follow the cricket analogies, but then neither do I. I definitely don't speak cricket. Because um, <laughs> that's it's very, very powerful thought, actually. Um, what's next for you? Um, I don't know. Did you hear something? Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think what's next for you is getting out of your home and get back to the office, isn't it? Should, <laughs> should, should, should I be looking for a box for my stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, Look, I um, uh, first of all, I think it's too early to say because it's a new it, job, isn't it? It's a new job. I started in the new role in in, in November two thousand nineteen, so it's really the the, the beginning of a, of a chapter. Uh, if I can tell you something, I think I'll uh, I'll be around uh, for for a while. Um, uh, you you know, I've been with MediaCom for thirteen and a half years now. They're about just over thirteen years. Um, and, it, and it doesn't seem to be a long time. Uh, as, <laughs> no, as, not, not in media content. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. About six years after I joined, somebody wrote something in my 360 in the comment box, and it doesn't really matter what the comment was about. But it started like this: despite being a relative newcomer, um, Costin did this and the other. And this is six years into yeah. the job, okay? <laughs> so I kind of made it my mission to to at least get to the point where nobody will refer to me as as a as a newcomer anymore. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you can tell me, Sue, because you've been uh, you've been uh, uh, with MediaCom for uh, for for a while. What, what's the cutoff point where that label doesn't apply? Oh, what's respectable? Oh, I'd call twenty respectable. That's twenty. Okay. No, okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> On, on a serious note, I think my, my next job will still be uh, be global or, or regional in nature because that's something I, I really I really enjoy. Um, and uh, yeah, whether it's going to be across markets or across clients, it's just too early to tell. And uh, and I'm too much into the new each job that I'm in now to uh, to to think about that too much. On to our regular questions now that we ask all of our guests. So can you tell me what is your favourite line from a poem, a song or a book? Uh, OK, so I I don't remember who it was on this podcast that used what what my first option was, um, uh, which is the title of a no novel by by Kundera, uh, which is The Unbearable Lightness of Being. I, I don't know if you remember who it was. I I, I I could guess actually. I won't guess in case I get it wrong, but I think it's possible it was another client president. But um, I, I that's that's my my, uh, yeah, my I think it was coincidentally too. Um, so I had to dig deep to come with <laughs> with, uh, with 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 something else, which is uh, 
which is actually a line from an ACDC song called Ride On. And, uh, and it, uh, it goes like this, it, I ain't too young to realize that I ain't too old to try. Um, bon Scott, uh, who's the, uh, uh, the, uh, the lead singer of, uh, of ACDC, uh, wrote that a very, very long time ago. It's from Words the mid-70s, mid yeah. The, by the way, those, those regular questions are, uh, are, are tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, we, and, and as you know, we're very uncompromising. We're very strict. Yeah. So if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? Right. So you, you have to go with the, with the pair of skis, okay. a basketball, uh, beer or wine. You could choose. I, I'd, I'd be equally uh, happy with either. Um, a device with internet access um, and and some cheese. Uh, any particular kind of cheese? Let's probe the cheese. Uh, What's your favourite che- av- commonly available cheese? Well, no, commonly available would do. I mean, look, I, uh, I I love cheese. In uh, there's too Soft many. Cheese, hard cheese, blue hard, cheese. Probably hard. Probably hard. Yeah. Good hard cheese. Well, what is your single best skill? Um. <laughs> I, I wanted to say listening, um, but then I, I, I consulted my wife last night when <laughs> when I was writing some notes for this. Um, uh, so she laughed and destroyed my confidence. So I'll, I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with something else. Um, uh, and by the way, uh, is this a skill at work or a life skill in general? Up to you. Right. Okay. Um, then my best skill is packing. Uh, <laughs> okay. um, both packing stuff into bags, you know, trolleys, backpacks, uh, <laughs> but also packing the respective trolleys and backpacks and so on into cars or vans or 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 a moving track. I I, I think I can easily pack about fifty percent more than an average human being in using the same amount of space. Um, uh, just to give you an example, uh, a few years ago I went to to South America skiing in the summer. I had stuff for my three, two and a half weeks trip, uh, including all my gear and clothes and everything. All of it was in a double ski bag. It's just a gift, you know, you, you either have it or you don't. <laughs> Super useful. Um, what would you practice more if you had the time and space? I would uh, I would spend time in the mountains, winter or or, or, or summer. Uh, ski mountaineering would be my first choice, but any any uh, any time spent on foot in the mountains would be what I would do more of. Mountain, any particular right? mountains, yeah. Any particular mountains, uh, Well, the Alps would do. The Andes would do. I mean, I think the Alps would do. Just yeah. <laughs> Not particular. <laughs> the, one, the one thing about mountains is that you know you 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 could spend your entire life in a ten square mile radius and still discover new things. So uh, it, that, with that in mind, it doesn't really matter as long as they are proper mountains. I'm not talking some gentle rolling hills somewhere. <laughs> and then, what fictional world would you live in, and why? Uh, you see, this was the most difficult question because I, uh, I'm not really into fictional worlds. Um, uh, it's not really my thing. But after uh, after some deliberation with myself, 
Uh, I could probably spend some time being a Jedi in Star Wars. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the reason for that uh, is that it would allow me to say things like he's gone to the dark side or <laughs> there is a disturbance in the force, um, uh, you know, which which I really like saying and I don't have enough uh, enough chances to do it. Uh, but particularly at work, uh, where you know it could uh, could get you sent to HR in no time. <laughs> Austin, that's been brilliant. Um, we have one final question, which of course you cannot prepare for because they come from the School of Life box, and I've got I'm holding um, three cards up. So let's call them one, two, and three. Which one would you like to go for? I'll go with number three. So number three. Okay, this says. Have you ever sabotaged your own success? Ooh. Well, what do you mean by that exactly? What, what would you like? It's right. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, I guess, it, yeah, I guess it means done something when you've been on the brink of success that has pulled you back from it. Um... Probably, I <laughs> probably. I'm, I'm I'm trying to 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 see if I can come up with an example. Um, you know, not 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 everything was uh, was smooth sailing in uh, uh, in 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 my career or life for that matter. Um, but probably, yeah. I mean, I I, I think I was uh, I was. Um, much less in in control of my emotions, particularly in the first part of my career, um, and that uh, that that uh, that probably uh, yeah. didn't help on uh, on several occasions. So yeah, I, I think that the answer is yes, without without uh, uh, <laughs> without hesitation. Uh, do I think I'm doing a bit less of that nowadays? Probably, um, but you know, I'm, give me some time and I'll, <laughs> I'll prove myself wrong. <laughs> Costin, that's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you very, very much for your time. It's been lovely to speak to you. Uh, likewise, and thanks for having me, guys.